Welcome back to another episode of The Silent Battle. I hope everyone is having a great week so far. Today is going to be such an awesome segment. Again, I'm your host, Erica Honeycutt, and today I will be interviewing South Texas singer, songwriter, and independent music awards winner, Laura Marie. Laura Marie has an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's disease. Today she is going to share her raw and candid story about her journey with Hashimoto's disease and how she manages her symptoms. Also, she will give us some tips, if she has any, on what may help you all out there to live life more easily as we battle our autoimmune diseases. Let's get started. Welcome, Laura Marie. Thank you so much for being part of the Silent Battle podcast today. Thank you for having me, and thank you for drawing attention to these diseases. It's, it's really important people have resources. Yes, my pleasure. Laura Marie, can you tell everyone again the name of your autoimmune disease and um, share your story with us regarding when this autoimmune disease showed up in your life? Sure. I have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and um, I think it's been ongoing probably, probably since um, my early to mid-30s. Um, I'm 51 right now, so that was, uh, you know, a, a while ago, and at the time, um, I was not feeling well at all. I was having a lot of trouble getting out of bed in the morning, I was having uh, anxiety in the middle of the night, severe anxiety attacks, mm-hmm. and um, I was feeling very a lot of joint pain and exhausted, and I just didn't seem to have the same energy that, um, that I felt I should have, um, but I would look back at my life and say I would have these periods as a young child too Um, so I may have had it longer and then just not been diagnosed it's very underdiagnosed because um, because a lot of the symptoms don't look like typical physical symptoms that a lot of people present like I did with with severe anxiety or depression and um, feelings of cold other things like that so I was in my 30s and I had um, gone to my doctor and I told the uh, her I wasn't feeling well mm-hmm. and she says well that's what happens as you get older because <laughs> I tried to describe to her that you know I, I'm usually you know I'm pretty strong physically yes. um, I didn't and I was feeling like I really couldn't get out of bed I felt a lot of I didn't know at the time what it was called but it's brain fog you know just not being able to really uh, think clearly uh-huh. and um, and have you know there's some, some cognitive issues there and then, um, you know, just really got nothing from her. I, I did a lot of research on my own. I did a ton of research, and I went to my my uh, general practitioner. That the one who told me I was just getting tired was actually my gynecologist. And so I went to my general practitioner, and he ran a bunch of tests. And he says your thyroid's fine because I, I kept telling him I think it's this. I think it's this hypothyroid thing. Uh-huh. And he kept saying, uh, No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And then. Finally, I walked in one day and he said, how are you even sitting there? How did you even get here? Your thyroid levels are so low, I don't understand how you're even functioning. And I was like, I've been trying to tell you. (laughs) So um, he's like, you're gonna have to be on medication for the rest of your life. I said, okay, well, whatever. But as I did more research, I really felt like I wanted um, to really know what was happening and I didn't wanna lose function. So I sought out a functional medicine doctor and she, is the one that actually diagnosed me with Hashimoto's uh, because she said this is not that you're not producing thyroid hormone this is that your body's attacking your thyroid and and making it difficult to utilize a thyroid hormone and so she she ran antibody tests which indicated that my inflammation was really high and that that's what 
what was happening and now it's pretty much understood that 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 is a thing that happens and so there's more and more people getting diagnosed every year with this autoimmune thyroid disorder in other words you know i have friends that have had thyroid cancer had their thyroid removed Mm -hmm. it's not it's not actually your thyroid that's causing the issue it's your it's your immune system that's attacking it for a number of different reasons yeah so So, yeah um well i was going to ask you so you would go to the doctor and so you know some days your thyroid level would be fine and then mm-hmm. then just you happen to go that one day and the levels were low right it's it's so you know your hormones at any given moment it's just a snapshot in time so you're not mm-hmm. really getting the full picture uh-huh. um, a more reliable thing is to take the test for the antibodies uh, because along with all the different levels of TSH and T, uh, T um, the thyroid hormones three and four uh-huh. to have all those levels and and get a fuller picture of what's happening in your body and um and that's what this functional medicine doctor did and actually she's a she's a at the time she's no longer seeing patients she's uh, dr amy Myers. she has her own program and everything for autoimmune stuff and she's written several books and and she does uh she has her own line of products and all this other stuff that she does but that's at the awesome. time she was my doctor and and she uh, I got her right before she stopped seeing patients and started doing a book tour, so mm-hmm. it worked out for me. Uh, and she really, she put me on a program that was anti-inflammatory, that was supportive, of, you know, with with supplements that were supportive of my system. And, um, and she had me go, so an autoimmune protocol diet, and mm-hmm. that was very anti-inflammatory. And, and I, you know, I have a, a neighbor who's a, a endocrinologist, and I had talked to her a bit about it, and she mm-hmm. said, I said, I'm going to try this diet, and she said, that's not going to help you. Um, you're, you need to see it, you know, you need to go see about your thyroid or, or whatever, and I said, well, that's what I've been doing, and, <laughs> um, but going on that diet, within a month, I was feeling functional, I was sleeping through the night, I was no longer having the panic attacks, it was, um, it was pretty awesome, that, because I went from, like, not wanting to get out of bed to just functioning normally, within about a month's time of, of just... I think the first thing I went was gluten-free, you know, and that changed things drastically. And well, then I just kept going in that direction, and, and it was, you know, Well, what we, what we actually, you know, put in our bodies has so much mm-hmm. influence over um, these autoimmune diseases. I, I've, you know, I've come to find out because, you know, even though, you know, I have a different autoimmune disease than you, but basically... You know my body is attacking my lungs and um, you know with that being said um, I have a lot of inflammation uh, in my lungs where um, if it's not controlled my lungs begin to scar but I noticed that what I eat makes me feel better as far as breathe better and I don't feel less inflamed um, based right. on what I eat. So yes, I, I mean, I totally agree with you about, you know, what you eat, you know, has a lot to do with how you feel, you know, as far as with these, with these autoimmune diseases. Yeah, for sure. And it, it really does. And I have to, I've noticed that over the years, certain things, um, certainly trigger me mm-hmm. and some things, you know, and then there's also an issue that a lot of people with Hashimoto's have difficulty staying hydrated. So that's been a tough, that's been a, that's been something that I've had to really be 
very careful with and make sure that I'm getting enough fluids um, because it starts to affect your kidneys. It starts to affect all these other things in your body and your and your ability to handle stress when you're not hydrated. And with the temperature being what it is yes, now, yes. Um, you know, that's pretty intense. So I'm constantly playing catch up to try to be able to exercise and sweat because that's super important too but yeah um, but replenish that in a way that I, I feel hydrated so one that's thing, been an ongoing thing too one thing that I, I would like to say too to you is I'm so glad that you um that you were your you know that you advocated for yourself um you know um you had these doctors to keep telling you, you know there's there's nothing wrong or you know um you know, just that they, you you kept on telling them something wasn't yeah. right, and you know that's that's so important when you feel like there's something not right for you to keep pushing and pushing and pushing until you till you find out the answer um, to to what's wrong because you know um, you're your own advocate and nobody's gonna um, advocate for you like your like you you know like yourself. So absolutely, yeah. I'm, absolutely. I'm just really glad that you were able to keep on um, advocating for yourself and pushing uh, for yourself until you got a diagnosis. Uh, because this Hashimoto's seems like it's so hard to diagnose because it mimics so many different things. Yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that was a big factor recently. I had a really intense relapse, and and. The reason being, I, we think it was like a twofold thing that happened. Mm -hmm. First, um, I, I'm a trauma survivor, so I have PTSD and I have OCD, and um, and uh, that you know, over the last couple of years with the pandemic and everything, there's been a lot of mental and emotional stress, mm -hmm. and so there was that. But then I'm also I'm 51 and I'm perimenopausal, and my I noticed over the last year especially that every month um, my P so PMS went to PMDD, which is a postmenstrual dysphoric disorder. So it was like these really high intense mood swings, right? Um, either high anger or depression or anxiety, but they it was over the top. And I noticed it getting worse and worse and worse. Um, and I just kept thinking, well, you know, it's just this is gonna even out at some point, but it mm -hmm. just never did. And then all of a sudden, my body was so inflamed that I started having uh, like all kinds of neurological symptoms. Mm -hmm. And um, I was feeling very, very sick, and I was my anxiety was the most severe it's been in years. I mean, like uh, so much to the point where I didn't, I, I shut down completely. Like I stopped eating, I stopped um, communicating with people. Um, I really had to take a lot of time off. And they thought actually because I, I went in for a bunch of tests, some of my markers for Lyme disease came up. So they initially thought I had Lyme disease, mm -hmm. and. Um, it took them a while with, with an infectious disease specialist to say, no, it's not that you have these markers, but they're not, it's probably your Hashimoto's. This is what it looks like. It can mimic that as well. So right. there's a lot of crossover. Right. Um, yeah, there's a lot of crossover. So they, they tested me for all the, you know, like bar, bar, uh, Bartonella and other, you know, co-infections and mm -hmm. I was negative for everything. And they ultimately were just like, yeah, you just need to bring the inflammation down in your body. And this is the thing where it gets very, it just blows my mind is that, you know, I'm very, very grateful that my, my husband has a job that he does and that we're able to afford care because we had to go to a special um, functional medicine doctor who had a program to help 
bring me back to functional. Mm-hmm. And that's not something everybody can afford to do. Right. You know, no, like insurance doesn't always cover all of that. Sometimes it's the alternative stuff that's what will really help in these autoimmune situations. Right. And it, they're only covered so much. Certain, and depending on the doctor, some some of the doctors won't even deal with insurance, and some won't. So I've had to really throw I said everything and the kitchen sink at it. I, but I tell my husband because it's like. I've seen a therapist to deal with the trauma aspect because people with trauma are more susceptible to some of these things. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm on this program, which is very, very challenging for a lot of people because when you're trying to eat very clean, it's not convenient. And if you have a job where you have to be, like, I don't, I can take time off. We can do that. But a lot of people can't. Right. And um, so the idea that, that they have to work a full-time job and maybe raise kids and try to completely alter their diet and try to function with anxiety or depression at the same time I you know it it kind of breaks my heart to know that there's people out there suffering who don't have the uh, the means to be able to adequately treat something like this absolutely and you know also too um, eating clean can be costly Um, yeah for sure you know so that's another thing, um, you know, it's very sad for, like you said, for people who don't have, um, um, you know, it's not in their financial budget to, yeah. to do, to, to get the help they need, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's really, it's, it's difficult and, um, and I'm very fortunate to have the situation I'm in, but also to have family support as well. And I know that some people have you know, these illnesses that are the autoimmune illnesses that they don't look the same. They don't look like, you know, or they don't sound like what you might say if somebody says, I have, uh, you know, cancer or I have, uh, you know, my leg fell off or whatever. You right. know, it's not that you can't, people can't see it or feel it in the same way. So they look at you and they're like, you're fine. You look fine. You're talking. You're, you know, you're functioning. When right. I see you, you're functioning or you're online and you're, you seem like normal. And I'm like, yeah, you just, you can't, my friend um, refers to it as, you know, invisible illness. Right. Um, they don't see the challenging part, the, the times that you don't see people and they're just so, um, you know, broken down because exactly. of their inability to really function and they're struggling with anxiety or they're struggling with deep depression. And, and I've had this very recently where I felt like I wanted to make a post about it but I had a few people that are just like you just need to pray and you need to have mm-hmm. a good attitude and I'm like this, I totally get that is awesome like you do need to have a, a spiritual practice and you do need to or some sort of practice that's right. like you meditative or something and you do need to have a good attitude but when you are battling neurochemicals flooding your body you need medical intervention. You, you need you help because your body is off balance, and and whether it's medical intervention or it's it's nutritional intervention or you know therapy because your your fight or flight you know chemicals because you're terrified or whatever it is, you need all these things. It's not just yes. it, It's it's a lot. It's it's a lot to say to somebody. Have a good attitude when it feels like a bear is chasing you, and you yeah. you don't. You know it's not a bear, but your body's responding as if it is. Like it's your entire body's in fight or flight mode, and you don't know where it's coming from. So well, your brain is constantly trying to figure it out. It's very exhausting. That's why I say, you know, a lot of people with autoimmune diseases, you know, they may look fine on the outside, but 
they could be fighting for their life on the inside, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's what it feels like. And in, in the brain, that's what it feels like. So mm-hmm. it took me a long time to understand that process um, and to finally have a practitioner, um, another actual functional medicine pra- practitioner who was, I just remember crying in his office because he took these tests and he's just like, you're not crazy. There is a reason you feel terrified. It's because your body knows something's wrong and it's just trying to find an answer for it. Right. And it's, it, but instead of understanding where it's coming from, you know, your brain is looking around like, oh, I just saw a dog, it's gonna attack me, or I just saw, you know, this mm-hmm. person, I saw this person, and so that means something's gonna happen that's bad, you know? And it, that's what would happen, is that my brain would immediately go to worst case scenario, and it would feel like darkness and anxiety, and um, and I I think that, you know, but it, but it wasn't, it was my body being inflamed because I, whatever, I, I had a lot of triggers, you know, maybe I was wasn't eating well that week, or I wasn't getting enough sleep. Sleep's a big thing, right? And I could and I couldn't sleep because my hormones would wake me up in the middle of the night. You know, so you know, it's like always trying to find what what can I do to calm my body down? What can I do to to get to a place um, where my body feels safe? Even if my if I keep trying to tell it <laughs> and it doesn't listen, what do I do? Yeah, has it been hard for you? Uh, to adjust to taking medications for Hashimoto's. And the reason I ask about that is because before I got my autoimmune disease, um, it was hard, I didn't take any medicines at all. Um, And so to go from not taking medications to taking quite a few now, that was hard for me. It was a big adjustment. So has it been hard for you at all? Um, You know, when I was first, when I was first diagnosed, like when, when they first said I had low thyroid, the thyroid hormone, that wasn't so bad. It was just the one, you know, th- thyroid pill I take every morning, mm-hmm. I was fine. And then um, when I was on diagnosed with Hashimoto's and then it was like this whole protocol, I, I was so desperate to feel better mm-hmm. that I was just like, stick to this exactly. And I was very regimented and I was like, I will do exactly what you tell me because I want to feel better. Yeah. And that got old after a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I try, I eventually simplified, and then I think, you know, after a while, like maybe a decade later, I start, you know, by the 10 years down the road, I'm like, I feel fine. I feel functional. Right. Um, and I'm I, maybe not as regimented, and I'm definitely not taking as many supportive supplements, and I'm probably not getting, uh, you know, minding my stress levels as much, and I'm probably pushing myself too hard. And then, you know, after so many years, you just sort of fall off the wagon mm-hmm. and you start just doing things that you think you feel fine and then you get hit like you know gangbusters and I, I think though I, nothing could have really prepared any of us yeah. for the pandemic and and then everything around that like the, the political climate in, in our oh, you yeah. know country and yeah. the, the, the world you know uh, events that were happening that just it's a lot on the psyche and you see how people are responding and it's stressful very it's very stressful. stressful because you're isolated and you want to reach out the one way you reach out is where everybody's fighting and it's like yes. it's constant stress that you it's underlying for so long that you don't realize how much is built up and i think that that was something i think that we're seeing that we're also seeing that some of the consequences of the pandemic are that physically people who have been infected or not infected or whatever been, you know they have have 
either had high stress or that it's impacted their immune system. Yes. Um, because stress is things. so not good for any, you know, your right. immune system at all. Um, and then, yeah, and then mm-hmm. the virus itself, you know, impacting the body and, and, right. and all that. So it's it's been a lot, and I think there's a lot of people now with, um, it's kind of a weird thing for people who've had autoimmune diseases for a long time because it's like, well, now you people know what we're talking about. Exactly, <laughs> like, yes. It, I mean, I don't wish this on anybody, but now people are beginning to understand and, and a lot of us are like, yeah, it's it's hard. It's, yeah. You know, we're not going to sugarcoat it. It's not fun. Um, have you had to, yeah. I was going to say, have Go you had to make some adjustments to your daily routine because of uh, Hashimoto's due to it affecting you physically and mentally? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had to take a lot of time off. Um, I definitely had to, like, simplify my schedule and um, completely eliminate something. I had to eliminate some people from my life as well that were causing me a lot of stress. Um, I had to. Sometimes you, know, you have to I do just, that. You got to do what yeah. you got to do. You know. Yeah, and I think so. There's a lot of that. There's also, um, you know, implementing practices that you know every morning I get up and I sit outside in the morning to get morning light um, to help with my you know morning light and after and evening light to get um, to help with my sleep. Mm-hmm. That's sort of like a natural sleep cycle sort of thing. And um, I have my meditation practice. Um, I read a lot of encouraging self-help people, you know, trying to just keep my mind in a positive mindset. People who are uh, positive about, you know, like they're not exactly, you know, telling you all the downsides of everything they're trying to uplift. Because there's right. with chronic illness, there's a lot of people who... Um, you know they're, they're out there in social media and and that's their thing that that's you know they're like i i would go out there and say like i'm, I'm a trauma survivor and and a suicide attempt survivor that's on my profile like mm-hmm. these are things that i've dealt with but some people will just constantly be on the downside of it and never solution oriented and i have to be very careful who i choose to follow and who i choose to interact with because Absolutely. I want the people who want to put positive into the world and not focus because if I'm around people who are going to focus on the downside, my brain already wants to go there. Right. It's already it's already been there half the time, and I can't. I need people to help me stay out of it. So yeah, I try to try to stay. Uh, so I every in everything I do and in the interactions I do, I try to limit my exposure to to things that are negative. Um, like right now, I felt myself in a downturn. Like I said, I've taken a couple steps back, mm-hmm. and I can't even watch a an intense movie. Like a, a movie that is intense and dark is mm-hmm. is that itself is stressful for me. So I'm like, okay, well, I can't do that now. Yeah. Maybe in a couple of weeks when I'm on an upswing, I can watch something that's more dramatic. But right now, I got to stick to comedies because that's the only thing that's gonna uh, keep me from focusing on the negative. If I right. watch something dark my brain's going to start being in a dark place and I have right. to pay attention to even little things like that. To me, it feels almost embarrassing to say it because it's like, oh, you're so sensitive. Like, yeah, I'm very sensitive and I have to stop, start honoring that because if I don't, I'm, I'm working against myself. So I have Absolutely. to honor my sensitivities. Yes, yeah. you do. Um, you know, when you are around positivity or you know positive people and and uh you 
associate yourself with positive things, then you feel more positive. Um, yeah. And it's vice versa, you know, when you are around negative and uh, negative people and a lot of negativity, well, your brain starts to begin to feel negative. You start to have negative thoughts. And so it, yeah. it's, it definitely, it matters what you associate yourself with, you know? Yeah, we can't help but train with the people around us. So it's super important to try to, you know, clean up our environment, whether it's people or... Absolutely. Whatever Absolutely. input is going in there. So yeah, I've had to limit um, social media as well. Um, yeah. Because of that as well. Because that could be a, a big trigger as well. It can be. It, it can be, yeah. absolutely. Um, and I know that you said that your family is a, a big support system for you. Um, how have they adjusted to you having Hashimoto's? Because, you know, it's, um, it's always not just... You know, it's not just about us with the disease mm-hmm. because that's learning to adjust. You know, our families have to as well. So yeah. how, how has your family had to adjust to you having Hashimoto's? Well, you know, um, my kids have d- done really well, I think. They, they're they pretty uh, used to <laughs> mom being up and down. Uh-huh. And they're very, um, you know, one thing I've tried to do no matter what is if I've maybe if I'm in a negative mood place or if I'm in a um, depressive state or I react with anger because I'm in anxiety, mm-hmm. then um, I will, will apologize to them and give them a chance to communicate how they felt. Mm-hmm. And so they're really good about communicating how I, I may make them feel in a moment. Um, and I really try very hard to shield them from the anxiety part of that where I'm in fear because I don't want them to be in fear right so we're very careful about that um and they've so far been pretty good about it they all they both know what what I go through and they you know my two sons and they do have to deal with me lecturing them about their diet (laughs) and how they have to watch out for themselves and and advocate for themselves as well um my husband has the patience of a saint he's been a rock through all of this he's he's so even keeled um that is the stability in my life you know right there is that he will check me on all the um, spiraling thoughts he will be the one to say this is not that i know you uh one of the things he keeps repeating to me over this you know most recent time period is like i've known you for this we've been married this long mm-hmm. and i know that every year around this time things take a dip yes this is ba- this is a bad one but you come out of it like you, it's gonna there's gonna be a light at the end of the tunnel we're gonna get through this you know and that is a that's wonderful I need that. you know I need I need that um that person to just you know to have a very clear reality about what's happening with me and to acknowledge it yes. but then to say this is put into perspective for me because I can't always find that perspective and he's always the one to draw me back to it so that's very helpful that is Plus, like I said he's he's very patient so <laughs> I'm sure I test his patience but, but you know uh, for sure that's not that's for sure but um but he he bounces back pretty pretty well so it, it works out for me I'm very fortunate awesome. um in that respect but yeah but this is a tough one I think because and I don't think enough women talk I see more and more women are starting to talk openly uh-huh. about their uh, menstrual cycles 
mm-hmm. and about their um, and going through menopause and perimenopause and that sort of thing. Uh-huh. And this is playing a huge factor in it for me. There's this is a huge, huge factor for me. And um, some women don't do not understand, or some pe- people in general don't understand mm-hmm. that it can be the level where it looks like psychosis. It is like psychosis, you know, like yeah. your your body chemicals, your neurochemicals are shifting so drastically <laughs> and your hormones causing that, you know, that it, it can be very unsettling. And um, I wish more people would understand that and then also not use it against us because yeah. it is like any other illness. It's like, you know, it's an imbalance it needs to be corrected, it needs to be addressed, and it doesn't need to be mocked or, or make you into a, a person that just can't be, can't function in the world. We're trying our hardest. Absolutely. And for some, for some women, it's not a big deal. They shift into a new phase of their life, and it, it's fine. Some people have a few hot flashes. Some people have some mood swings, just like they would with, you know, menstrual, regular menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. And I'm just getting used to the fact that this is like, okay, I shut down mentally and <laughs> physically. <laughs> for a certain amount of time and I have to you know um, I have to make room for that like, yeah. yeah yeah absolutely it, yeah. And, and every and everybody is different you know um, mm-hmm. and nobody's the same and so um, you know um, like you said that should not you know it should not make us feel like you know, we shouldn't have to feel bad about something like that. You know what I mean? We shouldn't. Yeah. We should. We shouldn't. We shouldn't have to feel bad about something that's a natural thing for women. You know, to go through. Right. Yeah. And and and, and mental illness is, should be in the same category as physical illness. It should be seen the same way because it it really is. A, there's a mind body connection here that we can't just pretend doesn't exist. Right. I mean, especially. Now that we're saying, oh, we need to pay attention to, to mental illness. Yes, we do need to pay attention to mental illness. Yes. And we do need to address it because, like I kept thinking, you know, during this, this latest relapse, I had moments where I just, I felt so hopeless. And oh. I can only imagine what it would be like if I did not have the support that I have. Yeah. I could imagine that I, you know, you, you hear these stories about, you know, people um, not surviving it because mentally they couldn't handle it or they you know they don't have a a way out of the hopelessness and um that's that's all i can see that i i can understand why because i i know what it feels like it's horrible well your it's your your physical um your physical health is just as important as your mental health i say this yeah a lot um it's so important for us to maintain both um, they're equally as important to me. I think so. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is most important for our listeners that are battling their autoimmune diseases to know? Um, that's a good question. There's so many things <laughs> um, to know, but I think. Well, you're not alone. Absolutely. <laughs> That's, I think, the important thing. I mean, when Very I first important. thought it was Lyme disease, I remember crying to my husband and saying, "I just want to, if I want to be the person that gets through this." And then, if, when the 
when somebody gets diagnosed and they feel like I feel right now, I want to be the person that's there to tell them it's okay, it's going to be okay. Because I never, I didn't feel okay at all. I mean, I couldn't even find the light, like at the time. I couldn't even, everything. One of my doctors was like, this is good news. I mean, not that you have Lyme disease, but that we know what to deal, how to deal with it. Right. You know, I mean, this is, this is good news. Of course, it turned out not to be, but, um, but even Hashimoto's, he's still like, no, we can, we can deal with this. We can, there are things we can do to help you get right. back to stasis because they kept trying to remind me that all my other tests were like you're, you're healthy otherwise but my brain wouldn't let me believe it like my brain was just like no 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 you know like everything's wrong and mm-hmm. and I think if I didn't have all those people around me telling me no you it's okay you're gonna be okay um I would have never gotten there by myself not not at all it was it was such a negative place to be in and I couldn't like my other doctor had said, you're not crazy. It's just that your body's screaming at you, yes. and you're very, very aware. You're very uh, um, sensitive to it, and so all it hears is panic, and it, and it interprets that as like this is the worst thing in the world. It felt like I heard one doctor describe it, but he was talking about Lyme. Mm-hmm. Um, he said I wanted to go crawl under a blanket in a fetal position because I was felt so unsafe. And even under the blanket, I didn't feel safe. And that's exactly how it felt to me. When I heard him say that, I'm like, that's it right there. Because no matter where I went, it felt like there was no safe place to be. And and that was coming from my body. So um, if you're in that place, then you're not alone. Like, you're not. Like, that is so important to understand. And then you just need to keep looking and look for the resources that have a positive proactive you know lean to them don't yes. go for the people that are like this is the worst thing ever and you're pro-, you know like because there's a lot of people selling a lot of products you know to get yes. you um and and some people are motivated to put you in that fear space to sell their products yes you know not not i mean all of the stuff you know i wouldn't believe that most people just they just really want to help but there's a sales tactic that a lot of people who sell online learn and that's it that is you need to tell people the problem and you need to tell them how you're the one to give them the solution and then when you go through that process because I I went through sales classes and and when you go through that process you're making a story to to you know guide people to buy your product right you you might not think about how is this mentally affecting those people (laughs) yeah Yeah. and and Yes, and and so I mean, I ultimately I'm not a really great salesperson, so I I kind of couldn't go that route. But um, and there's certainly there's tons of people who do it very conscientiously, for sure. Mm-hmm. But some people I think just they take the class and they're like, oh, this is the way I do it, and it doesn't occur to them that they could have a negative impact on somebody, and yeah. or they're playing into somebody's already existing fears. And with things like Hashimoto's and autoimmune disorders, uh, people are already fearful because they're in a state of inflammation and you really do have to be mindful of how you approach them about what they're dealing with because to to be in a negative mindset is not helpful for that person at all you're exactly right that is you know that's really good um information you know um just because you know i'm always mindful of what i what i you know, look at and 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 view and and who I talk to and um, you know social media, like you said. But um, 
you know, you just made a good point about, you know, a lot of people are, what they, what they put out is basically to help build their brand. So they're not really uh-huh. looking at the mental health aspect of what it's doing to, to people that are already struggling there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really good point I, to I, make. I like to think that most people have really good intentions and they're really just trying to help. And, and, um, but I specifically make a, make a mental note when I look at somebody's program or protocol or they're just their advice on something. And I'm like, how are they presenting this material? Are they mindful? Because one of the things about the doctor, uh, the functional medicine doctor, Dr. Torres, that I'm seeing here in San Antonio mm-hmm. is that when I went in to see him, he was like, he, you know, he's like, ah, like he was, he acknowledged my anxiety. He didn't look at it like it was something bizarre. He didn't look at it like it was something out of the ordinary. He's like, yep, this, this is what happens. This right here that you're experiencing, this is what happens in that mm-hmm. situation. And I've had patients that have done that and they, you know, within a few months, the fog lifts and they're, you know, um, you know, it can be a, it can be a halting process. It could be one that goes forward and back. I mean, I see a Dr. Brad there too, and he, you know, called me a few days ago when I was having a downturn. He's just like, "This is a process. It's an overall process. You are improving. You're just going to go back and forward for a, you know, yeah. for a while as your body heals." And and I think it was about three weeks into the program, and I was starting to feel a little bit better. And he just pats me on the back and he says, "I'm telling you, I've seen it happen time and time again. It's going to lift." And sure enough. Like a few days later, I felt lift and I felt really good, and I had I had a good two and a half weeks of feeling really good before I had a little bit, you know, more of a relapse. And, and it, you know, to to have doctors who understand and acknowledge, because I've had doctors that I've out and out fired because they just they don't they can't identify with the anxiety. They they sort of downplay it, and they're mm-hmm. just like, "Why are you anxious? What you're fine, you know, you're you're functioning." I mean, yeah, you have these things, but that those can be dealt with. But they don't have any empathy for the right. mental anxiety, the and, mental toll it takes on you. And that's what I was um, going to say as you were saying that, um, you know, it's so important to have doctors who not only um, help you on the medicine side, but they are supportive to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that they're your cheerleaders as well, you know? Right, that they have some empathy. It's a hard right. balance. I think my general practitioner, she she works really hard to, because she's uh, also dealt with a lot of Hashimoto's, and so she's very aware, and so she's very responsive, and she wants to address everything, you know, all your concerns, and, and very conscientious about that. Mm-hmm. What gets tough is that you have a lot of doctors that are in these large practices, and then they're, they're held by insurance companies where they have to, you know, maximize the number of patients they see it might be hard to get in to see them they don't have time to really sit and right. address all your concerns right. and um and some of these functional medicine doctors whereas you you know you pay a bit more for them but they do have the time to sit there with you and and address some of them you know the little things that that are probably the things that are causing you a lot of stress that you don't you know and help you put them into perspective yeah it's just i just really wish that there was more um, more resources, more you know, right. choices for people. They're, we're going to need them because as more and more people get diagnosed, you know, more and more people are going to need these alternative, quote unquote, alternative uh, healing methods 
that really should just be a part of function. Nutrition should be a part of the, you know, yes. it, health. And the functional part of, you know, getting back, it's, it's like a, it's like physical therapy is, except it's like, you know, I mean, it's still physical therapy in a way, but it's also mental therapy. It's about being able to function in the world. Oh, yeah. But normally, and I mean, most people I know who have autoimmune disorders, that's all they want to do. They're not trying to get like, oh, woe is me. I want to be home feeling like crap all the time mentally or physically. They really do want to function in the world. Yeah. Um, and would give anything to do that. But the Just want to be able to feel normal, to be honest. Right. Yes. Just want, it's, just want to feel normal. That would be great. <laughs> um, but the medical community doesn't, the way it's set up, either doesn't have the that part of it, you know, to deal with the functional side or insurance won't cover it. Right. or there's not enough, you know, uh, information. I've been very frustrated with a number of doctors. Um, that, I mean, I went through several who uh, who just were not, they were just very dismissive, very yeah. dismissive. And and I just, like you said, I, like, I advocate for myself. So it was just like, um, nope, got to find another doctor. <laughs> well, but again, I had the time to do that and the, you know, well, I'm, I'm so glad you did, you know, and, yeah. and, and and for people who don't have the time, you got to somehow make time because there's only one you, you know, yeah. um, you, and you're important and your health is important. So you, you have to make the time to get the help that you need. Yeah, for sure. Um, Laura Marie, do you have anything else? that you want to share or add to today's segment? Well, I mean, um, as a musician, you know, it's been a very, a very, I don't know how many musicians are, are listen to your podcast, but it, this is part of, part of it is that I've had to step back from, from who I was, who I thought I was, right? I'm a singer-songwriter. Uh-huh. That's a huge part of my identity. And one thing I've learned over the last several years is that I could not, that cannot be my whole identity because that's, I, I mean, who am I without that, you know? Right. I, I have to, like, not be so wrapped up in it that I couldn't take time off from it or I couldn't back away from it. I have a, a completed EP that is sitting there because I would love to put it out, but there's work to be done to put it out. Right. And I haven't had enough consistent days for me to be able to move forward significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a mailing list of people that that hasn't been contacted in a while where normally I would, you know, I had a plan to, to be contacted them on a continuous basis. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of things that a lot of pressures that um, that I that I want to, you know, move forward on. And I have pressure to do that in my own mind, you know, my own head, because I'm like, I, you know, I'm letting people down, um, and I'm also not putting it, doing the thing that I do that's specifically my thing, you know? Right. Um, but there comes a time when you, like, no matter what it is, whether you're a singer-songwriter or whether you're whatever you're doing, that the shift in your mindset may have to be, this isn't, this isn't my entire, entire identity, the most important thing is me as a human being being happy and healthy and um and I know that's a challenge but if it gives anybody any permission to say okay I don't have to uh be this thing in my head that I think everybody expects of me 
um, I can just take care of myself. Right. And that's, that's, yeah. And do what you have to do that and be okay with it. Yeah. Well, well, Laura Marie, again, I appreciate you so, so much for coming on here today with me and allowing me to interview you. I mean, it's been such a pleasure talking to you and I know that this interview really educated and helped a lot of listeners out there. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And, and um, I'm so glad that you uh, put the call out and, and um, I was glad to be in touch with you as well. It's been great talking to you. Well, you know, and remember, if you all out there have any questions or comments, please email me at thesilentbattle2022 at gmail.com. Again, that's thesilentbattle2022 at gmail.com. And always remember, life is tough, but so are you. Everyone have a great rest of the day. Thank you, Laura Marie. Thank you.